0: And welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, co-host, as always, joining me as we talk about the biggest overreaction so far to the National Hockey League season were, what are we, like a week in to two, a little longer than a week? Two when weeks, did the buddy. season start? It started on the 8th, right? Yeah, I guess the 8th, 7th, or 8th. Yeah, so we're two weeks in, and, uh, and I got to say, the, there's some temptation for me to overreact. I know that uh, that you're overreacting about a few things, so we wanted to sit down, and talk each other through this, figure out what is a true overreaction and what is something we should be worried about. So we, we've come up with a, a pretty good list of you know things that are going on, maybe things that were unexpected, and uh, we're just going to talk through them. This will be like a therapy session for, uh, especially for our own individual teams. Because I think our, our individual teams are doing maybe some unexpected things. Anyways, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, but before we do that, Justin, uh, how's how's the first couple of weeks of the season going for you? Like, what has there been teams you've been trying to watch on purpose aside from the Wings?
1: Oh yeah, obviously the Red Wings, right? But uh, to be quite honest, I've been trying to watch um, trying to watch a lot of the Maple Leafs myself. Ah. Um, yeah, trying to watch them and the Ottawa Senators. I think those were two teams that I was most interested in outside of the Red Wings, in at least in the Eastern Conference, to see what they were going to do uh, this season to start. Because really, to me, um, you know, I, we we talked about it on our, our division preview. I I think Toronto was going to run away with this division, and I thought Ottawa could potentially have a coach, you know, get replaced mid-season. So they they piqued my interest real early.
0: Yeah, I I mean, for me, I've been kind of. it's really the first time in a while that I've been interested in watching the Blackhawks and I, I've been taking note on uh, a lot of their games, enjoying watching them. Uh, I have actually really loved watching the Vancouver Canucks, especially those first two games against Edmonton. And uh, (laughs) they, they've been been entertaining. And uh, I, I guess in terms of a team that I've purposely been trying to watch, I have been catching a little bit of Pittsburgh Penguins Cause I was curious about Eric Carlson and it's kind of going as I sort of expected that what, uh, what happened in San Jose that first year with Eric Carlson, where there was definitely some growing pains early on. I think we're witnessing that. Although he's seems like he's uh, he's getting more comfortable more quickly. And I think that that probably speaks to the unbelievable veteran talent that is still in Pittsburgh. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to more Pittsburgh as we go here. Shall, shall we start knocking down this list? Going through Quite some of the things that are uh, potential overreactions. I'm going to start with the Alex Ovechkin overreaction because I think that with the the record that is of course on the line, and you know everybody's been saying, "Oh well, Ovechkin." I mean, he's like automatic for 40 goals every year, no matter no matter how old he turns, kind of thing. It just seems like nobody has any. Uh, he's already surpassed so many expectations that you're like when can this even end well so far we're three games into the regular season he's got one assist no goals and my uh my overreaction was ov won't even get 20 goals this year mm. mm-hmm. now maybe the the more realistic is like or the the more reasonable is well you know maybe ov isn't isn't a lock for 40 anymore Maybe even that's an overreaction. Um, where are you at with that? I, that my my mine is Ovechkin's not even going to get twenty goals this year. That would blow oh. people. That would blow people's minds if that were to happen.
1: Yeah, that would just be. I, I, I You wonder if at thirty-eight years old, right? Um, if he only scored twenty or less goals this season. Dude, he's only got four like,
0: shots on goal.
1: I well, yeah, that's the thing. And I those was came say,
0: in the first game.
1: I was going to say this was this is the first time in his career where he's been held back-to-back games without any shots in his career. And this is the second longest drought to start a season without a goal, right? So,
0: And this um, is, we're talking about 1,350 games. Two of those yeah. in a row, he had never not gotten at least a shot on goal in one of those games. I mean, It's that's, wild. And, and here we are. It took him literally 1,350 games to get to this point. And yeah yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, where are we at? I mean first three it's, it still is the first three games. Is this more indicative of Ovechkin? Is it a, a backstrom thing?
1: No, I to be quite honest, I mean so you, you look at his his line combination, right? Obviously, yes, he's not playing with backstrom. he's not playing with his normal partner right. He's got Dylan Strom centering him and he's got Matthew Phillips on the wing right now. Um, you know, he's had Tom Wilson up there too, but uh, you know, again, I think Ovi's one of those guys where you're not looking for him to drive play five on five, right? He's a guy where you're going to feed him an empty netter and you're going to feed him on the power play. That's what at, at this stage in his career, that's what he's going to do. And I think guys are, I don't want to necessarily say maybe looking too hard, but you, you got to think with this record looming over the Washington capitals and the fact that, oh, they might not make the playoffs. Uh, those early season predictions that everybody has, right? Maybe they're just thinking it they're overthinking too much. You know, they're like let's try to feed him the puck whenever we can and maybe it's just, it, you know, sometimes you just over, like I said, overthink it and it just ends up backfiring in you. So maybe they just need to go out there and play hockey and just let the the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah, and I mean there's a honestly, it's it's a probably a miracle that they've even won a game so far because when you, if you said, hey the, you know, the Capitals, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov. Between the three of those guys, they're going to have one point through three games. That That's not a good place to be. Uh, and, you know, let's throw in Dylan Strome. He still has zero points. Uh, there, There's not a whole lot going on offensively here for the Washington Capitals. Tom Wilson has a one assist. Like, <laughs> nobody is is doing anything for this team, whether it be five on five or the power play. I am looking at this team first three games of the season. Boy, would I have a hard time not overreacting as a Capitals fan and thinking and not, we might, we might not make the playoffs. I mean, that might be a nice way to say it. Like we might not even be close. I mean, the Capitals could be out of it by November and at November, you know, you're expecting November's what, like 20, 28, 25 games or so. And you're expecting at that point where usually guys score more goals earlier in the season than later because of how hard it is to score later. Uh, you're probably hoping Ovi's got 10, 10 goals by that point. Hopefully, and uh, so far he's got zero. So uh, is that how 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 much am I am I overreacting to? uh, I don't think Ovechkin's even going to get twenty goals, which I did pick him in one of my fantasy leagues with my (laughs) second with my second round pick. So
1: oh oh man okay well okay so let me a late second I was the first
0: overall pick so it was the like uh you know whatever it was seventeenth pick or something like that.
1: Okay, so maybe let's let's put this on a scale one to ten, right? Ten being like it's a valid over or a valid reaction. And one being it's a complete overreaction, right? I might, I might put this at a three or four right now um, that it, it it could be, it's probably an overreaction, but there's still some validity behind it. Right. And I mean, the nice thing for, for Ovi in the, in the caps is Ovi does very, very well against Canadians historically. And they're playing them this weekend. He's had 64 points in 55 games, 37 goals. So, you know, he's fired up for this. I mean, he's, he averages almost five shots a game against the Canadians. So I think he's, he's licking his chops for this one. Um, And and if there's any time for him to break out of this, this little goal scoring slump, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's the perfect game.
0: All right. We'll see next show. We'll see how many goals he has. Maybe that'll be our (laughs) tracker. We're going to track his goals. Um, All right. Let's uh, let's move on to, to a one of yours that you threw out there. Uh, I, I I think you know based on based on this overreaction. I don't know if it's an overreaction so much as it's a uh, a bold maybe more or less like a bold prediction. But you have Jack Hughes. I think you had him winning the heart when we talked about it, anyways. But uh, you're thinking Jack Hughes wins the heart right now. Is that how you're feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, so when I mean when you look at it, right? I, I just I say the overreaction for Jack Hughes to win the heart because one, he's you know he's in the top of the NHL as far as scoring is concerned but I, I more or less look at it as the fact that you look at the normal names that you would expect at the top of this you know this goal scoring list early on in the season like Connor McDavid right McDavid's sitting at 6 points in 4 games which is okay but he's 15th on this list and Jack okay. Hughes is
0: that's like a 140 yeah. point season <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but you know again there there's a whole bunch of names ahead of him i mean even Brandon Hagel's got 6 points is this
0: 1993 <laughs> Remember, like, 1993 is the year where, like, a bunch of guys had 100 points and there was uh, several people with 60 goals, right?
1: Maybe. Maybe Uh, it's that year.
0: Maybe it's the year where just a ton of guys – yeah, because you're right. I mean, you look at the point totals right now. I mean, you've got Elias Pettersson with eight points in four games. Same with Alex Dobrinkit. Nylander, Rantanen, Dreisaitl, Tavares, Malkin, all with seven points in four games. Jack Hughes with six points in three games, uh, so I mean he very well if he continues that pace, he's up there tied with the the other two, Dubrincik and Patterson. Uh, yeah, it's uh, things are looking looking good for the offensive game if you're as long as you're not on the Washington Capitals, every, everything's going really well. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that it's necessarily an an overreaction to could Jack Hughes win it. Like sure he could win it. Um, it's just, the heart is usually, it's going to somebody who has an absolutely spectacular season, uh, all year long. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's entirely possible. I don't, I just don't, there's a lot of competition. That's, that's how I'd put it is that there's a ton of competition and it's just so early to say, well, this guy's going to win the heart. Uh, but it's not a bad pick. You know, like if you were going to put money on it, it's not a bad pick. Um, only, only downside, something that could be weird. Like if, if all things are even and you're going through and you're looking like, do I want Jack Hughes or do I want, uh, like Austin Matthews or any, you look at his face off percentage and it's pretty rough. <laughs> 31, wow. percent there. Uh, that's, uh, that's no good,
1: but yeah, he's going to have to fix that.
0: <laughs> I will say, I think the probably the I don't know this the better the better overreaction for Hart is is Matthews going to steal his heart back because he's already got I mean he's he's working the uh, the old Rick Nash remember when Rick Nash had like forty two goals and like twelve assists or something like that and he won the he won the Maurice Rocket Richard I can't remember how many assists he had we'll have to look that up but uh, right yeah. now Matthews with six goals in four games. Here's here's an over like a potential overreaction not to, not to steal from the Jack Hughes but I mean does does Austin Matthews score fifty goals in fifty games?
1: Oh, okay.
0: He I almost like had another one too. In uh, in Chicago, he would have had another one had it not been offside. That, yeah, by, I, I don't by, know.
1: By the way, uh, Rick Nash, forty-one goals, sixteen assists for fifty-seven points. There we go. And a minus
0: thirty-five. There we go. They were on a great team. <laughs> Well, that was the year that there was a, three, a three-headed a three monster for the Rocket. That was Kovalchuk and Aginla. Yep. 41 goals. I think that's the lowest in a non-lockout year ever, other than, uh, oh, no, it was was it Jamie Benn who was the lowest for the Art Ross?
1: Yeah, 84 points.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, back to our overreactions. Austin Matthews, 50 and 50. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, if you look at his, his current pace, right. That's not crazy to, to think so. But the problem is, is, um, you know, I, I, at some point, right. You have to think, okay, is he going to, is he going to slow down right now? I mean, the team is, the team's been middle of the road right now. So, um, you know, who knows at some point if they, they start shaking it up because they're just not winning enough games. I don't know. Um, Obviously, you know, Boston's still sitting there at the top of this division. So, You know, does Sheldon Keith get a little bit worried and start saying, hey, you know what, let's um, let's shake things up a little bit. Let's move Marner off this line or, you know, uh, stack it up with Nylander, Marner and, and, you know, Matthews. Because, look, I've been looking at Tyler Bertuzzi and he's the he to me uh, going into the season was going to be the reason I thought Matthews could potentially put up 60 to 70 goals this season. Um, but really uh, Tyler Bertuzzi really hasn't looked very comfortable in my opinion, at least the short amount of, you know, time I've watched him on the ice with, with Matthews and you know what, everybody has to adjust, right? going to a new team and, and maybe, you know, after a couple of weeks, he'll finally get, you know, he'll gel and get, you know, get in there and, and really start, you know, generating offense. Like I think he can, but, um, yeah, it, I mean, hell six goals in four games. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I think he could potentially put up six and, or you know 50 and 50 just because again I I think this this Toronto team is going to be very dominant offensively and so they just um, haven't you know,
0: been so far but
1: No but I mean he's the one doing it right that top yep. line yep. I mean those those I mean that core four is is always going to be producing and so there's no reason to think they won't continue that kind of dominance
0: Yeah what the Leafs have uh, 15 goals for and Matthews has six of them in four games <laughs> right. so it's pretty it's pretty impressive uh right now I mean you know, there's plenty of guys who uh, right now are on a pace to do a 50-for-50. 50 50. I've got Matthews, DeBrinkets at, f- at five goals in four games. So is Brock Besser, which, I mean, he scored four in one game. Uh, you have Brady Kachuk, Trevor Moore, Joel Erickson-Eck, and Leon Dreisaitl and Sam Reinhart, all with four and four. You've got David Pasternak with three and four, so he's more on the Matthews pace. Uh, Chris Kreider, Brian Rust. There's a lot of guys who have a goal per game right now, and obviously... It's, it's the safe bet to say every single one of them will fall off that pace because we have not seen fifty and fifty in a generation. So it's or two generations really. When's the last time a fifty and 50, is at Brett Hall? Did Brett Hall ever get fifty and fifty? No. Oh no. Oh, is it Gretzky? No. Lemieux. Uh,
1: gotta look that one up.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we all that,
1: we all thought that Connor McDavid could potentially pull it off. Uh, last year but yeah. so the, that the didn't first
0: happen. the first one we know is Maurice Richard and then uh, Mike Bossy did it in eighty eighty one. Gretzky did it in 81 82 83 84 84 and 85 uh when he did it and he did 61 in 50 games <laughs> twice and then 53 in 50 games uh, of course he did 50 goals in like 39 games which is just dumb uh Lemieux did it once in 88 89 and Brett Hall did it twice in both his 70 or his 80 goal years. He did it in 90, 91 and ninety one ninety two. He did him 52 in 50 games and 50 in 50. Love it. Yep. He technically had, he had 50 goals in 49 games and then he scored two more goals in the 50 games. So, um, Lemieux did, uh, 40, it took him 46 games to get to 50. So, and, you know, of course, Gretzky did it 49, 42, and 39 games. So, But, uh, I mean, it would be pretty incredible if somebody else could do it. There actually has been other players who have done it. They just didn't do it in the first 50 games of the season, but they did it in their first 50 games of the season. Does that make sense? Like, they yeah. were injured, right? So, they, they, they did it. They did 50 and 50, just not... 50 regular season games. The other players, uh, Yari Curry did it in 84, 85. Uh, He did uh, 50. Yeah, he got 50 goals in, but it was game 53. Technically. Um, Alex McGillney did it in 92, 93. Mario Lemieux also did it in 92, 93. Not till game 72 though, because that was the year Mario Lemieux had Hodgkin's lymphoma and missed like 20 games and still led the league in goals. (laughs) <laughs> Which is just amazing. Uh, Cam Neely did it in 93, 94. He did it. Uh, and then Mario Lemieux did it again in 95, 96. So, I mean, technically, Lemieux oh. did it three times in his career, as well as Gretzky. Um, it just, I feel like that's kind of a, a semantic thing. Like, Well, it wasn't in the first technical 50 games. Okay. But it was still 50 and 50. Like, if somebody scored 50 goals and at the end of the year they only played 50 games, I'd still say that that's 50 and 50. I'm good yeah, with well,
1: that. Well, here's the thing. Here's why I, I don't think it's an overreaction with Austin Matthews either, because uh, not many people remember, but the end of the 2021 season and the start of the 2022 season, technically uh, Matthews got 50 goals in a 50-game span, but it was just broken up over two seasons.
0: That is true. Yep. So he certainly could do it. He scored at that pace before. Yep. Yes. Um Sorry, now I'm stuck on a Wikipedia page about 50 and 50. And I'm going to exit out of that and uh, we're going to get to our next overreaction. Okay. Uh, I I think it would be the most fun goal scoring thing to follow in a long, long time. Like, do you remember a few years ago when Evgeny Kuznetsov started off and he had like 25 and 25 and it was like, mm-hmm. holy crap, can he do this? And then he just totally fell off. And I don't even think he scored 50 goals that whole year.
1: No, I remember right?
0: Uh, okay, let's let's talk Edmonton Oilers. Let's let's go to the depressing side of things where things aren't going as well. Uh, the Oilers are going to miss the playoffs. That's Ooh. certainly the way that it looks like right now, doesn't it? Oilers are going to be. They started the season one and three. They've been outscored seventeen to eleven, and five on five, they've just been atrocious. Uh, Connor McDavid is. Still doing his thing, Leon Dreisaitl doing his thing. You know, like I know, I know we. I guess in a way, you we were kind of joking, like, well, McDavid is only at six points in four games, which is, which is a hundred and twenty point pace, which is still. I mean, no one else has gotten hundred twenty points in the last like twenty years. So if he if he were to continue that pace, it would be just fine. Uh, now he's not on the Elias Petterson 164 point pace. You know that's he's got to improve, but uh, I don't think you're looking at this and going, "Wow, McDavid and Drysaddle are just bums this year."
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I mean, that's just they're going to do their thing, right? I mean, regardless where Edmonton finishes, they're going to still. I think these two guys are still going to put up over 100 points um,
0: easily, like in his sleep.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, we're we're. It's it's fair to say, and it's not an overreaction to say that Leon Draisaitl will be the next highest paid player in the NHL. Um, maybe not by much over Austin Matthews, I don't think, but he'll still I think he'll still eclipse that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then McDavid will literally do it like two days later. But that's um, <laughs> But you know what? It's if you look at this team, I mean, we we looked at Edmonton last season and we saw how dominant they were after that Matthias Ekholm trade. Defensively, they were just so good. Um, or they were—they
0: were just so much better than they had been. I—I yes. I th- I think they were just so inept at times defensively that when he came in, it was like, "Oh, thank God we have him back there."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a fair way to put it, right? And so, um, I mean, gosh, you just—you look at what they're doing now, and it's just—it's honestly a, just a shell of what they were last season, and—and and, you know, they were getting good goaltending out of Stuart Skinner. Um, not playing very good this season. Jack Campbell, to me, he has not been the issue at all. I mean, granted, yes, he's you know his his numbers might not look great, but when I watch him play, he hasn't been the problem for this team, in my opinion. They just look gassed. They look like there's absolutely no hustle, and they just they don't have any drive out there. I mean, outside of Connor McDavid, will you know he'll turn it on like he always does, just every once in a while, but. You know, I, I just look at this team, and they look like they're not—they don't have any reason to play. Like they're like, ah, eh, you know, what, we're going to rope a dope people for a while, and then we'll we'll turn it on after game twenty, and then just what? Torch what everybody. is it
0: about this team that seems to always do that? You know, like two years ago it was like, man, are the Oilers going to make the playoffs? And last year it was, eh, the Oilers are kind of, eh, they're like middle of the pack, and then they, of course, they they roared at the end. But like, what? This team just cannot seem to get off to a good start.
1: No, no consistency at all. I mean. They're consistently inconsistent, I mean, if you want to put it that way. But, um, you know, I I just – again, I I look at their goal differential, right? It's one of the worst in the NHL, um, you know, sitting fifth worst And honestly,
0: that's probably not something that's going to continue.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. I I, I do think they'll get it corrected. I mean, you look at the the stats line, you know, as far as goals for right now, I mean, yeah, they're they're sitting right in the middle of the pack. But, you know, I I think, you know, they – they're gonna. I, I mean, I just. I really don't know what to say about this team right now. It's just. It's so flabbergasting to see, you know, them to be so dominant last year, and you really talk about them being a Stanley Cup contender, and and now I look at them and I'm like, man, they they really look like they're not playing to to make it in to even get in the playoffs. Like they almost look like a team that's playing for last place right now.
0: Wow. I uh, I I don't know that I'm willing to go that far. But, and certainly, what, Echolm was out for the first – was he out for the first couple games uh, or is it just the But first is one game, guy really yeah.
1: that important to – I mean, you know, Connor McDavid, yes, but, you know,
0: yeah, is one guy going to make that big of a yeah, difference the you, way they play? Should, should he be able to miss a game and it be okay? Yeah, I, I would say. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You remember, like, in at this stage in Sidney Crosby's career, and not that McDavid and Crosby are the same thing, but just just uh, hear me out here. That at this stage, Crosby had had some times where he had missed time, right? And so had Malkin. And we saw how both those guys individually were able to take over, carry the team. I mean, Malkin literally won the Hart Trophy one year that Crosby didn't play uh, when he was out with like the terrible neck stuff. Um. And this team hasn't really had to go through that, you know. Twenty six years old. I know McDavid. He, I know he he hurt himself in the in his very first year, his rookie season. You know, he broke his clavicle or whatever and was out for the rest of the year. But I don't know that that really counts because that team was not going to compete for a playoff spot, anyways. Um, and it was McDavid's rookie season. But since then, both guys have been healthy practically all the time. Uh, you know, barring you know whatever Dreisaitl a couple years ago in the playoffs, he wasn't one hundred percent, but he was still playing. And I, I just wonder if there's so much reliance on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl that it has created some kind of atmosphere there where, you know, hey, we expect them them to kind of do it. And I don't know. It just, it seems like there is, you know, I'm not in the dressing room. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that those guys would say, absolutely not. Like we're trying, we, we try our best, you know, we're, we're a team, but I got to think somewhere in there is like, well, this guy's the best guy in the league. Like, he'll be able to score us a goal <laughs> if I don't it's okay you know whereas on other teams it's like well if I don't then no one else will and that has got a either weigh on McDavid and Dreisaitl or uh, maybe it's just alleviates too much pressure on the the rest of the team but you know really outside of the top six once again we find ourselves looking at a team that just is very underwhelming outside of their top six. I mean, hey, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Dreisaitl, and McDavid all have six points, or Dreisaitl has seven. So everyone's – they're all playing offensively. They're they're fine. Uh, But the rest of the team, like, I was expecting a lot more out of Connor Brown. He's got zero points so far through four Mm -hmm. games. Uh, He has not looked – he's looked out of place when he's played with McDavid. Uh, It just – I thought it would be a great fit because he's such a hard worker. I thought that maybe – he would be given the opportunity to kind of be like a another like he's like a Swiss Army knife kind of player, right? Like throw him up in certain places and, and that he play well. He's still a good penalty killer, but uh, Evander Kane's been quite terrible. Garbage, and actually. <laughs> I I knew that he was having a rough start, and then when I saw some notification that was like, "Oh, this guy in your fantasy league dropped Evander Kane," and and then I went and I looked at how many people have dropped him in the last week or something like that, and where I was like, "Oh, like seven hundred people have dropped the Vander Kane." <laughs> That's uh, that might be an overreaction. I don't know, depending on how many teams are in your league, but uh, yeah, the Oilers look like they're not in a good place. But I don't know if I'm ready to say, "Well, they're you know they're going to miss the playoffs," because it's just a three game stretch.
1: Yeah, and the bigger concern for me, right, is like Four. yes. When you have guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl that can sometimes, you know, chip in a goal to help, you know, get you out of, um, you know, it, it, you're down a couple goals, right, and you just need one, you know a guy like that can go out and, and create some offense and do something magical, right? But a lot of the teams, they rely on goaltending, right, to get them out of it. So when McDavid and Dreisaitl maybe aren't, you know, maybe aren't putting up five points a game like they normally do, uh, you got to rely on goaltending maybe to bail you out, right? And so right now, Stuart Skinner is worse in the league as far as goals you know, wins above replacement, goals against expected, save percentage above expected. He's the worst in the league in all those categories. And and I look at other guys down there towards the bottom who have had rough starts this season, like Connor Hollabuck, Freddie Anderson. Uh, these are guys in the past who I know have had a track record of success. So I, I'm not worried about them. But Stuart Skinner hasn't had that. So I worry sure. if he can't rebound mentally, especially being such a young goaltender, uh, they're in for a long season.
0: Yes, and we will definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Um, one other thing, Darnell Nurse pointless through the first four games. That's a Garbage. That's a rough place to be uh, if best, well, uh, your best – well, your highest-paid defenseman can't pick up a point in four games. I mean, that's uh, that's rough. So that is something that is going to have to change. And uh, Evan Bouchard's looked okay so far, but still making some silly mistakes – I know he's only twenty four, but at this stage, you want to see more out of Evan Bouchard, and especially given the responsibility that they're they're tossing him. So, uh, and the way that he played in the playoffs last year, too, you want to see him take that next step in the regular season. So, uh, Oilers in a rough spot right now, but I am sure we'll uh, be able to turn it on turn it on at some point. So, we'll we'll label that one a pretty severe overreaction that they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, where do you want to go next?
1: Ooh, um, let's maybe let's stay in the West and talk about the Seattle Kraken.
0: Okay. Yeah. The Seattle Kraken have, uh, well, are they going to finish last in the league? <laughs> and you imagine that like last year was just a giant tease, uh, right now, one win through five games. They have played the most games out of any team in the division with the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Vegas Golden Knights are five and zero. uh, one, one, three and one. The Seattle Kraken minus seven goal differential. Um, last in the league. Make make a case for how they'll finish last in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, last year was just was so such a great story to see, right? And I think now this year you, you have teams coming in similar to Vegas, right? Their first year, their a Cinderella story. They come out and nobody was expecting Vegas to do that, and I think similarly last year nobody was expecting Seattle to make the playoffs because again, the year before you look at what they were doing, I mean, it was a 40 point bump in the standings almost. I think it was uh, as far as, you know, their win records. So, um, you know, again, teams are taking them serious. Now uh, teams are on to them. And yeah, they, they lost Brandon Tanev to injury, but you know, he's a fourth line guy playing nine minutes a night. So um, you know, wh- what kind of effect is really that going to have? But you look at uh, other guys on their team. I mean, Jared McCann, right. 40 goal scorer. He's only got two goals so far, which is okay. But um, that's still a forty goal season. Yeah, it's still a forty goal <laughs> season, and yeah, he'll probably get a he'll probably get pretty close to that. But um, you know, again, nobody else is really scoring for this team. There's only two guys that have scored more than two goals, and that's Jared McCann and you know Jaden Schwartz, both only scoring two. So uh, they're not getting the same depth scoring that they were last year, uh, which was you know again the big reason for their success. I think, if memory serves me correct, they they finished third best or fourth best in the league as far as goals for. So. Um, and surprisingly, they're actually getting decent goaltending this year. Um, you know, Philip Grubauer is actually putting up a 909 save percentage right now, which is much, much better than last year. And if, if they had got this kind of goaltending last year from him, man, they would have probably finished close to the top of that division. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know what, and maybe Joey Decord comes in, and maybe he's their savior, saving grace this season. They're, they're you know, Martin Jones, if you want to call it this year. Um, but ultimately, the the biggest concern I have is their lack of scoring. They're just not getting it depth wise, which was, again, the biggest reason for their success. And, uh, you know, again, teams are taking them seriously. They're not going to sleep on Seattle anymore. And so if, you know, this is a, you know, a sign of things to come, I mean, I know we had a seven goal, you know, outburst, but if you look at their first four games, technically they only had three goals through four games.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it hasn't looked good so far, but I, I, I would say for the for the crack and because it, there's a lot of depth scoring, there's certainly going to be times where you hit little droughts. You know, you don't have those, those guys that can just go score at will. You know, you don't have a superstar. I mean, Jared McCann, really nice shooter. He scores, scores plenty of goals and, and he's done it once. You know, I maybe not 40 again, but maybe he's a 30 goal score. Uh, there just aren't a whole lot of those on this team. And, that can be a problem. You know, Beneers also has kind of struggled here. Uh, he definitely does. I, I guess, do we consider this his, uh, his sophomore year? I mean, the first year he only played 10 games. Yeah, I, I consider really last year is, yeah. his first year. So, I mean,
1: well, he won the Calder. <laughs> come at,
0: oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Coming in, <laughs>
0: maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump thus far, you know, five games. I mean, last year he had 57 points, 24 goals in 80 games. And in the playoffs, he had seven points in 14 games and now here he is five, point, five games in, he's got one point. He's a negative five as well. Uh, he has not looked as sharp, and I, I think, you know, hey, expectations were high. Were low coming into last year. That can give you, you know, hey, we can play a little freewheeling here. We can just enjoy ourselves and play, and we're playing with house money. Now there's pressure, and that can play a factor as well. Uh, but what I was going to say was that, when you have a team that doesn't have that superstar, uh, you are going to go in waves where you don't score. And I don't think this team is built to not score. Like If they can't score, they're in big trouble. Whereas when you look across the, across the country and you go to the New York Islanders, they're a team that also struggles to score. They've, they've scored only four goals in their first two games. But hey, they have Sorokin. They've got one of the best defenses in the NHL. They've only allowed two goals in those two games. So they won them both. And, and I think that that is really the monster difference is that Seattle just does not have the ability to keep the puck out of their net so if their goal scoring goes dry they're in big trouble and that didn't happen very often last season but sort of in a, in a way it was only a matter of time where they were going to hit a slump where they couldn't score a goal because of the way that they're trying to score goals um, okay any other thoughts should we move on
1: no, no. I like the point, though, with uh, no superstar there to bail them out. So that's, you know, when we, we talked about Edmonton, right? They've got the superstar power yep. to bail them out of games, but Seattle doesn't.
0: I mean, that's exactly why the Islanders went and got a guy like Bo Horvat. Not that I'm willing to put him in the superstar category, but he certainly is somebody who can push the needle. And Seattle really did not go out and acquire anyone over the offseason that can push the needle at all. Like, nope. they didn't really change their team at all. And sometimes that can also have a negative impact on uh, what happens the following year. It can just get stale. Uh, Especially when you're considering that this was just a team of, we'll say ragtag bunch of guys that were just working hard to prove everybody wrong. Well, you can't prove everybody wrong when you've already proved everybody wrong once. (laughs) So uh, now it's now the expectations are high. We're maybe seeing that this team isn't as quite as good as, some may have thought that they were last year, but hey, it's only five games into the season. That may be an overreaction, but I don't care. I like overreacting. Um, Connor Bedard, what do you think of his start?
1: Not bad, actually. I mean let's let's be honest. I mean everybody's gunning for him when he gets on the ice, right? I mean everybody expects him, um, you know, to to go out there and kind of dangle a little bit. And I think he's. He's kind of getting used to the NHL. Obviously, there's a certain pace you need to play with. And, you know, he, he has no problem skating. He has no problem moving, dangling a little bit. But, um, you know, sometimes you have to I, what's the word I like to keep? You have to keep it simple, stupid, right? Sometimes you just need to, to play the game, right? And um, play the game the right way. And I'm not saying he's playing the game by, you know, wrong by any means. But, you know, I, I think, again, because he's the expectations are so high for him, because he's branded this next big superstar. Um, you know, sometimes he's going to go out there and try to do a little bit too much. Um, but so far overall through five games, three points, I liked what I've seen out of him. Obviously I think he needs to get better in the faceoff dot. And, you know, he, he says that he's, you know, idolized, you know, Patrice Bergeron for so long. And I, you know, who knows, maybe he eventually gets to that kind of defensive prowess in his game, but, uh, it's clearly not there. And he, he has some things he needs to work on, but again, he's a rookie. He's a young, he's 18 years old. So, um, for what I expect in this league now, because you can't, it's, it's so hard to walk into this league at 18 and dominate. I mean, even Connor McDavid came in at 18 and, you know, didn't even put up a point per game. So, um, you know, if Connor of can put up in a you far, know, say, in a,
0: in a, almost a different era though, in, right. in terms yeah, of goal scoring. For Absolutely.
1: Sure. Absolutely. But again, you know, I think players nowadays, they, you know, they're used to this style of play. They're, they're used to it being a little bit more running gun and, you know, higher scoring games, that kind of thing. And so, Um, you know, he's obviously going to get his chances because of that. But, um, you know, really what it all comes down to is, you know, he's also got to have someone to to dish in the puck too. And so, yes, he's got Taylor Hall who's been injured a couple games. And so um, we'll see if that makes a difference as they can finally get settled in and maybe start gelling. But, um, you know, what? so far I I have no complaints of this guy because my expectations were not like, oh, he's got to get 80 or 100 points this year. I, I thought, you know what, if he gets between 50 and 60, that's a success to me.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought that they were playing him a little bit too much. Um, I, you know, he played his first 3 games 2129, 21 44 and 2302. Uh that's a lot for a rookie. To be play a rookie forward to play over 23 minutes in a game. Uh that's a ton. And then the next but I like that. The I next like 4 that. games he was at 1835 or next 2 games 1835, 1937. Uh in which he was held pointless so uh, maybe there's something to that I I don't know I I don't like it because I think that you're I I think you're putting him probably in too many situations too early I I think that there's got to be some I don't know there's got to be a a way to you limit his minutes you put him put him into the right situations and that's I guess that assumes if you're trying to win games if you're just trying to load him up and like put him out there all the time then yeah fair enough but uh, I I don't think that it's good for a rookie, and no matter how good he is, to be playing 23 minutes in a night. That's just too many, in my nah, opinion.
1: I, I love it. I, I watched Leo Carlson last night with the Anaheim Ducks, right? And they did the exact same thing. They put him out there for 20 minutes a game. Uh, you know, They have him on that top line with Troy Terry and, and Zegers, and I think that's beautiful because I want to see young guys like that go out, learn the game the right way, make mistakes. And the great thing is, is I think with, you know, Chicago even better than Anaheim has, Chicago's got a lot of veteran guys like Corey Perry and Nick Felino who have been there, guys who have won, uh, you know, even Taylor Hall, who's, who's got a heart trophy. So he knows what it takes to carry a team, uh, be those mentors. And those guys that, you know, when Connor Bedard does make those mistakes, maybe being out there too long, not coming off, you know, taking those minute and a half shifts when he should be doing, 45 second shifts you know that kind of stuff um, you know really you know just saying hey kid you know what try this or maybe you should do this and help him develop his game a little bit quicker I think
0: okay alright so I guess yeah so the theory the theory is play him more so that his game develops more quickly I, I don't, that would be my thought process I, I don't hate it um, I I just think that there's something to be said about playing so- now I know this is maybe not not going to age well but um, the Mike Babcock <laughs> with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. You remember there was a lot of like, there were some, some, t- like, it was like, no, Matthews is going to play his like 16, 17 minutes a game. And that I was like, well, that's, that seems a little low, but his theory, his thought was like, I want a, I want these guys to earn it, but B I, I want these two to uh, well. And Matthews wasn't playing the power plays rookie year. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, that's wild. What a dick! <laughs> that's he didn't wild. Put Matthews on the power we got play. The, we got this guy with the best wrist in the world. I mean, we're not gonna put him on the
0: power. That should have been, you know, other people who were going for that Blue Jackets job when, like, the idea of Babcock was out there. So, somebody should have just said, "Dude, he didn't even put Matthews in the power play." Like, how? how I stupid. mean, I get it.
1: Hindsight is 50-50, how but awesome, Matthews. Stupid. Was- yeah, still killing it his yeah. rookie year. I mean, oh scored like gosh. forty-two
0: goals his rookie year. Not playing, not playing on the power
1: play. <laughs> Wait, I gotta look this. Playing thing. on PP two, forty goals. Forty goals his rookie year. Only eight power play goals. There you Only go. Only eight. There you go.
0: Yeah, imagine if and if he had been on PP one, he's probably he probably scores fifty-five. He's a maybe oh, some. Maybe Lou Lamorello was like, we can't have this guy <laughs> scoring sixty his rookie year. He'll cost us a million dollars. He'll cost <laughs> us billions
1: oh my gosh that's that's again like just you know what again if you've got nothing to lose like Chicago does like Anaheim does right you're not playing to get in the playoffs you know you're not going to make it just give them 20 minutes a game and see what happens
0: I just don't want a young guy to be so taxed that you're uh you're going to get him hurt because he's I guess you know it's like you said like the the pace is different in the NHL so yeah you got to adjust a little bit to the pace keeping that pace for 23 minutes a night in your very third game is going to be really hard. And that's, I just, I I like when a coach is also careful and manages a player because, of course, of course, yeah, put your best players out there for the longest. You don't have anybody else, put them out there. But it's, I think, more responsible to go, you know what? Like the best players, the best forwards in the league, they're not really playing that much. Uh, That often because it wears them down too quickly, you know. Right now, does it matter? It's the beginning of the season, but what happens in game twenty? What happens in game thirty? Game sixty? You don't want your young player getting hurt and hurting his development. That's why I think you had Babcock saying let's let's limit Matthews' minutes. I think that's why that you should be careful about how often a guy plays when they're really young. Their bodies are still growing. There's there's a whole lot of things, and and so that's. That's my hesitation, but I understand the. I understand that. Hey, and upset. I
1: don't hate your approach either, either. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's,
0: well, I guess either way, hindsight, either right? way, we'll Chicago is going to lose more games than they win. Right? <laughs> that's the, but uh, they've at yeah. least been, it's, it's at least been fun to watch them. Unlike last year, that was just God awful. It was terrible. Um, this is one that's not on our list, but uh, I'm going to throw it out there. This has more to do with the NHL as a whole the nhl finishes with their worst attendance on record that like in the last i don't know 20 years that's wow. my, that's my uh, right now there's a whole bunch of teams that are really struggling to get people into the seats and i wonder if not only is that the you know okay so what some teams don't have as many people coming to the games i wonder if that affects the hockey revenue so much that the cap actually does not go up as much as we expect. Mm. That that would be I'm scared. Right? The Leafs need the cap space. <laughs> actually really like twenty six teams need the cap space right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. I mean we talked about Seattle, right? I mean needing a superstar player, but they only have two million bucks in cap space, so they could use a few right. million to Yeah, and and Beneers is in a contract year too, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we need uh, teams to get these uh, to get this this extra cap space. But I mean, I don't really I, I don't have the figures in front of me, so I don't really know. Uh, you know, as far as a league average attendance is concerned, but um, I well, mean, the ca-
0: the Capitals like six hundred and eighty two game sellout streak, whatever it was, just ended. Um, the Winnipeg okay. Jets had eleven thousand something people at one of their last games, their last home game. And that's that's some like that's Canadian team. It's not even a team that's like competing with the NFL or something like that. Uh, and you know, then of course there's there's always the Arizona Coyotes who are <laughs> bring the average down <laughs> automatically. But yeah, there's there's been quite a few teams I think that are are struggling to get butts in the seats, and they'll say that it's because of football, and that's somewhat understandable. I get you. I got you on a Sunday, Saturday, and, Saturday, Sunday games. I understand. Saturday games, I don't know. Like, even if if you've got college football on, Michigan's playing Nebraska, but I've got a ticket to the Red Wings game. I I don't have any problem going to the Red Wings game and like and not watching the Michigan game. I got to think that there's enough people out there that that would feel the same way. That like, you know, a lot of these early college games, especially for the big teams, they're not they're they're like auto wins. For some of these bigger teams, so it's not as crucial to watch these early games because a lot of times they're against much lesser opponents. I don't know if the the whole NFL thing is—I don't know how how valid that is. I'm sure it is a little bit, but uh, I'm I'm wondering if it if the league needs to take a hard look and go, man, are our are our ticket price is too high. Like, what's if if you have eleven thousand people in the stands in a Winnipeg Jets stadium? I mean, that's that's not a team that or a, a market that has anything else to watch. There's nothing else. It's the Winnipeg Jets. So I it's, no, it's concerning.
1: Yeah, and the other big part, too, is we're, we're a league that, you know, the NHL is they, – they aim for Saturday nights, right? That's where they want – they put a lot of their games on the weekends on Saturday nights. Like tonight, for example, we've only got two games going on on a Friday right. freaking night, right? Right. We should have back to backs like the AHL does a lot on Fridays and Saturdays. I think teams should play a lot of those because, again, Fridays and Saturdays are the nights where people want to go out. They want to do shit. They want to go downtown. They want to, you know, spend money. And why isn't the NHL taking advantage of this? Whether or not they think Friday nights they have to compete with the NBA or, or you know, what have you, right? Obviously, Saturdays, you, you talked about it with college football. I do think, you know, a lot of people are, there are a lot more diehard college football fans than there are NHL well, fans. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me, you know, I'm a big U of M fan, right? And so you look at this time time of the year, right? Uh, this is when they start getting into those rivalry games this time of the season. And so tomorrow night we've got Michigan and Michigan State, even though I know Michigan State sucks, it's a huge rivalry game. So I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah, and that's the same yeah. with a lot of these Plus, you know, football Plus, because it's fans.
0: very fun to see Michigan destroy little brother.
1: Absolutely.
0: Especially so since fun. there was like a six or seven year span where they're like, we're not the little brother. We can't, right. we hate, <laughs> you guys have been calling us that and we're legit and you're not. And now they're back.
1: Yeah, and, and so now you have, I mean, the NHL has just been marketing towards Saturdays and so now you have to compete with college football. Sundays you have to compete with the NFL. Um, and, yeah, whereas and, if
0: you sprinkled it during the week, you know, maybe you have, I, I mean, although the problem is also during the week is you have, it's harder to get people to come to the games right
1: absolutely But friday night but
0: friday now you should be yeah. able to get people to the games on
1: friday night we should be yeah absolutely we should have 10 games tonight 10 games tomorrow not two and 12 i mean that's just in my yeah. opinion that's just not how we should be operating yeah i
0: would agree and I, now i know that you know hey later in the year when uh when football's over and you know it's just or or when it's only when there's only one or four two or four teams playing each other it's not as big of a deal because you just don't schedule games at the time of the Super Bowl the time of the couple playoff games but uh, yeah it's like pre-January what do you do with some of those games Mm -hmm. it's and you also don't want to play games later in the year either uh, but hey, the attendance thing is is somewhat of an issue to me because the cap really needs to go up and uh i I think that they're it's it's a has the potential to cause some issues with that so it's it's worth keeping an eye out on i I don't think that Winnipeg is gonna average eleven thousand fans a game, but it is something to keep an eye out for <clears throat> Freaking inflation um <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go to the positives. The Red Wings, Ooh. the Buffalo Sabres, and the Ottawa Senators. Um, you said they'll all make the playoffs. However, the Sabres right now are 1-3. and, three. and <laughs> Sorry, on your list. Excuse me. Um, the, the overreaction was, hey, they'll all make the playoffs. Well, let's just stick with Ottawa and Detroit right now. Since both of them are 3-1, and one, they're both in a great spot. Uh, both... Putting like scoring a bunch of goals, but they both scored 19 goals in four games. They're averaging almost five goals a game. Uh, what do you think about this one? How are you feeling? Four games in.
1: Oh, I mean, as a Red Wings fan, you're excited. You you've watched Dubrincik and Larkin just develop that chemistry. You were praying that they were going to have. Uh, obviously, Dubrincik and and Patterson sitting at the top of the league as far as points are concerned. So. Uh, that's a positive, right? But what's what's funny is you look at Buffalo and Ottawa, they've kind of flipped scripts traditionally because Buffalo normally is a team that starts hot and then goes cold, and then they end up missing the playoffs, whereas Ottawa starts slow, and then they, they get a little bit of warm, and they're trying to push for the playoffs and ultimately falter. But um, So, you know, the big question is, is it an overreaction to say that all three of these teams will make the playoffs? Not really, in my opinion. I I, I think just you look at the way that, florida and in tampa and you know uh, again you know to some extent you could maybe throw you know toronto in there that they're not playing as well as maybe they should to start the season and so um you know these teams have been giving up a few more goals you know per game than maybe they should be um toronto just again we talked about their depth scoring is, is having trouble so when these teams are struggling out of the gate right these wins have to go somewhere and so you know why not ottawa and detroit right they're they're, they're coming out hot they're playing well so far and so um you know, it's it's not crazy to think that if Ottawa and Detroit keep up this pace, they they could potentially sneak into the playoffs, especially considering that, you know, when we look at the the other side of the, you know, the East there, you've got New Jersey and New York and Pittsburgh all struggling in that division at 500, so um teams that, you know, could potentially make the playoffs there and, you know, Philadelphia somehow is running, you know, on top of that division. I don't know how that happened, but uh, the
0: rebuild is over.
1: Right. So so, again, wins are coming Ooh, from is other Carolina places. How has Carolina
0: allowed 24 goals in five games?
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's another overreaction we could talk <laughs> about, too. But <laughs> um, Yeah, so and, and I think, you know, Buffalo is too good not to get this figured out, similar to Edmonton, I think. They're obviously not as good as Edmonton, but I think they're good enough to figure it out. They've got enough depth scoring and talent there to, to get it done. And, um, you know, so at the end of the season, you could potentially see all three of these teams in the playoffs.
0: It sure looks like between Tampa, Florida, and Toronto, one of those teams is going to miss the playoffs. It's going to be you know a matter of which one. I don't think it's right. going to be the Leafs. Gosh, I hope. I sure hope not. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a rocky start to the year for those teams. Now, as far as the the way the Red Wings have played, the way the Senators have played, and remember the, the Senators, I mean, shoot, Josh Norris just came back, scored two goals in his debut. Uh, he was he was great in that and that's a huge boost for Ottawa who was already playing well before Norris came back right. <laughs> they're still without Shane Pinto so if Shane Pinto if they can figure out a way to get him signed this team is even more dangerous uh, they have another uh, like six weeks to sign Shane Pinto before they hit that little uh, December 1st yep that little little blip there Yeah. Uh, and the Boston Bruins, they've won 11 in a row in the regular season dating back to last year.
1: They're not stopping, man. Dude, they,
0: Yeah, they're good. They're good. Uh, they've won, started the season three and zero, and man, they just don't look like they're, they're going to slow down.
1: Uh, no. And that's, that's the thing they We knew their defense was going to be good. We knew their goaltending was going to be good. Right. And that's, that's essentially what they've done. But, you know, when you look at Ottawa, that's that's what they're doing. I mean, Jake Sanderson looks like he's just taking a whole another. Uh, I mean, he's taken it to yeah. a whole nother level. And so um, when you've got Chikrin, who can also – and, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, Thomas Shabbat, right? He was the only guy there for so long. And now Chikrin comes in, Sanderson looks phenomenal. Um, you know, Thomas Shabbat now doesn't have to play 25 minutes right. a night. He's down a few minutes a game. Hey, so.
0: It's not a bad thing if Thomas Shabbat has to become your second pairing defenseman.
1: Right, it's... Uh, That's
0: not bad. That's not no, bad. They've,
1: they've, Ottawa's defense is playing great. They're they're getting good goaltending. I'd like to see Corpy play a little bit better, but uh, he's not playing super terrible, and Anton Forsberg just looks phenomenal. So it's, uh, they could be legit. So it, it wouldn't be an overreaction for me to think that Ottawa gets in at least.
0: Yeah, I for the Red Wings, I'll say, yes, DeBrinket and Larkin seem to have nice chemistry together. Certainly, things have gotten to a very hot start for them. That will not continue. Where the goal is going to come from when DeBrinket isn't scoring five goals, you know, a goal every game kind of thing. Uh, that that is that would be a concern. Which which was always the concern. You know, it wasn't a concern. We, I don't think we looked at this team and went, "Oh man, DeBrinket's just not going to score any goals." No, of course, we knew that that would be a really nice first line. And that it was always going to be, you know, who else is going to score goals? And at some point, your offense is going to dry up on that top pairing, the top unit, and they're going to have to find offense from somebody else. And the question is, where is it going to come from? Uh, You know, Lucas Raymond, a couple points through four. He's looked okay. Uh, That's, yeah, that's always, that's going to be the question the rest of the year is, Where's the offense going to come from when Dubrincik and Larkin don't score?
1: Which, yeah, and no, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, which is, which it's totally fine. It's a totally fair question, and also it's it's not a big deal because the Red Wings. I, I'd say they're still a year out from having the expectation of like we need to be a playoff team. Like this is time's yeah. up. Uh, I think I agree they, with you. they still have some time. So I mean, this is a team that looks like a a bubble playoff team if they can compete for a playoff spot that's great they don't have the firepower i think to continue this for 82 games but i think they're gonna have a lot of fun and they are so far they're scoring a lot of goals they're a lot of fun to watch which has not been the case for the last like six years right. so i'm happy for you
1: I <laughs> well, thank you yeah they're the best power play unit in the nhl you don't have right to be now, bored so. anymore <laughs> Yeah, listen, top power play unit in the NHL. I mean, just above the Maple Leafs. They're clicking at forty six percent, and the Leafs' second best at thirty three. So um, that's going to slow down at some point, right? And so, like Hold you mentioned, not.
0: that'd be pretty. Well, easy. We,
1: <laughs> yeah, that top unit of it, Perron, and Larkin <laughs> are just clicking, and, and Gostasphere looks great with Ciderback. Well, well,
0: Perron so. finally has a guy that can actually shoot that he can feed.
1: Right. Right. Like exactly. that was. I mean,
0: David Perron was is a power play monster. He finds those holes on the power play. Uh, so good at it, not and. Now that he's got DeBrincat, I mean, he can Dabrinka can be his Tarasenko, which yep. not a, not a bad comp,
1: not at all, pretty and, close. And so here's the other thing too, right? So there's rumors with Patrick Kane might come on board in Detroit if they continue this this kind of pace here, and they're you know in in the mix, he might come on board because they want to you know there's been that talk about oh maybe rediscover that that line chemistry they had. But uh, all that aside, the the biggest concern I have for Detroit is um, you know I, I think. They're going to find ways to score goals. I think they're going to stay competitive as far as the offense is concerned. But when when that defense starts running into troubles, when that goaltending starts, you know, leaking a little bit more, right? Um, you know, outside of you know Mo Sider and and Wallman, I, I'm a little concerned for their defensive ability on that second and third pair. So um, you know, that's where they could get in a little bit of trouble and ultimately falter the the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: James Reimers look good so far. That's good news so far. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good. It's a great start for them. I hope it continues cuz it's it's a blast. Uh, I'd I'd much rather the Red Wings be good than, you know, the Lightning at this point. Uh just cuz it's a a fun new team kind of coming in there. Uh I would I would not be mad in the least bit, you know. Hey, whatever Bruins, you can take the division. Leafs finish 2, Wings finish 3. Let's have a seven round, a, mm. a seven game series Leafs Wings. That would oh. It hasn't happened since 1993. And uh, it would be a blast.
1: That's uh, getting me a little chub right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's go.
0: Uh, you're welcome. All right. Um, how many? Well, let's see. Let's do. Let's do one more. I think we're at. Uh, yeah, we're almost at an hour. So we'll do one more. Uh, one more overreaction. Do you want to pick one?
1: Yeah. Let's let's go with Carolina finishing with a negative goal differential. Who?
0: Okay. Uh. Well, so far so good 24 and 24 so they'll uh if they continue on this pace they will they will not do that uh 3 and 2 at at basically a zero goal differential man i don't know where their defense went what what is happening <laughs> i i mean they're not it's not even close to the second worst team defensively uh the next i guess the next worst is tampa at 20 uh, at least Carolina is scoring a lot of goals. They they've been fun to watch. They've been really fun to watch because of how many goals they're scoring. Uh, but it, it kind of looks like a team that where they're normally really well coached. Uh, kind of looks like a team that has kind of taken their foot off the gas in terms of really hunkering down the way that you need to to win in the playoffs. And they're just kind of going into you know hey let's try to win we've got better offense now let's let's just try to win this offensively and not work quite as hard and i mean if you had told me to start the year hey Carolina's going to let in five goals a game to start the year you'd be like well are they going to start off like one and five but here they All are right. three and two they're just fine um yeah I, i'd say it's just a matter of like just kind of reining it in a little bit for them. I, I don't think that they're going to finish with a goal negative goal differential. I think it'll be quite, quite in the positive.
1: Yeah. So I guess you're already putting this as an overreaction, but um, I'll tell you what's an overreaction is Brady Shea uh, leading the league and sco- you know scoring for a defenseman. I mean, my God, where has he come from? It's uh, you know, it's again, it's it's been great to watch. Um, but you know, when when you talked about this defense just not looking good back there, I mean, you bring in essentially you know, Tony D'Angelo, we, we know he brings offense. He, he's not a defensive guy, right? So he's going to be your third line guy, probably on your second PP unit. And that's essentially what he's been doing, um, you know, for this Carolina team. But, um, you know, you bring in Dimitri Orloff, who to me should be playing a lot higher than that third pairing, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And so we don't know again, you know, who's coming back next year for this, this Carolina defense. And so when you're essentially bringing in a couple new guys to try to fit into a system that maybe they, traditionally haven't, you know, really played in. Um, I mean, let's face it, you know, Orloff before going to Boston, he really didn't play in a system, anything like this um, or anything close to this. So, you know, he seemed to fit in well with, with Boston last year. And I think, I think he'll eventually get settled in, but um, you know, I, I, the, the thing that I wonder is, you know, can we already write in Sebastian Ajo as MVP? Because clearly he means so much to this team, the way they're playing defensively right now, just, they're not controlling the puck. They're not uh, dominating offensive possessions like they normally would have.
0: Yeah, I uh, MVP no, but we can certainly uh, we can certainly point to him and say I mean he is an important player on this team. Uh, the I think the weird thing this is this is what I'm I, I noticed you mentioned Brady Shea I also bring up Jacob Slavin who has five points in five games. Uh, now remember his best season is 42 points. <laughs> right now he's on pace for 82. <laughs> Uh, He's also playing only 1915 per game through the first five games, which is way off his career. Twenty two forty five. Typically, like last season, he was playing about twenty two minutes a game the year before twenty three thirty one. So I get it. There's other defensemen who can share some of the load, but he's playing far less. Uh, He's shooting the puck way he's shooting the puck a ton uh it's and i mean his shooting percentage is career 4.3% he's at 16.7 that's not going to continue but hey he's putting up points and i wonder if he just kind of gets got tired of people saying that he uh he was a stay-at-home defenseman <laughs> he's Maybe. like hey all these other defensemen are putting up huge points uh i want to take more of an offensive role and you know that's uh certainly looking a little bit like that so far and you know maybe he's he's looking ahead and he's going you know if you're like Brady Shea Brett Pesci between those two guys probably one of them only one of them is going to stay and and then I'm up for an extension the same time that their contracts up I'm not getting paid 5.3 million dollars anymore like he's in a Matthias Ekholm style deal I think when he signs his next deal he's going to be hoping for even if it's not a a super long deal he's probably going to be hoping for eight Eight to nine million would be my guess for Slavin, and so if he can put up some bigger points, maybe that gets him some more money.
1: Just a theory. Mm, you couldn't be. You could be onto something. Does this
0: all come down to goaltending, though? I really like, think it does. What like what percentage are we are we tossing this on the goalies?
1: I mean, I'm going to probably I'm going to go fifty percent at least.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean Freddie Anderson has obviously been quite bad, you know, in three games, an eight fifty five save percentage. Uh, I don't know, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> There's not a not a team on earth that's going to win uh, with those kind of numbers. So, I mean, that's that's rough. But then, you know, anti Ranta with an eight eighteen save percentage, God, I don't care. Even even teams that are just shelling goaltenders, uh, usually you don't have those poor stats between two different goalies it sort of tells me that, yeah, maybe the goalies are not playing the best, but the rest of the team is obviously not because there's, you know, it's not like one guy's having a rough start. Both guys are having a rough start. It's kind of the same as Edmonton. Like both guys are having kind of a rough start. Let's, uh, let's maybe put a little bit more responsibility onto the players in front of them because we know that Frederick Anderson's a a solid goalie. So is anti Ranta. both solid goalies. So when you see them playing like this, it's, uh, definitely more concerning from a in front of them standpoint than their game itself for me.
1: Yeah. And you got to wonder too, I mean, is it an overreaction to think that maybe they might have a short leash on potentially moving one of these defensemen because they've got, they've got a lot of young guys still and you know, other defensemen in the minors that they can bring up and play on that third line and move Orloff up. So, you know, is it an overreaction to think that at some point here in the next few weeks, if they just haven't figured it out that they're going to move, you know, maybe a Brady Shea, or or brett pesci to bring in um you know a, a top six forward who can really control play and, and move the puck and maybe move the needle potentially
0: yeah i mean i don't know there's no no uh no reason to think they can't score they're scoring just fine and they don't even have shvetsnikov right now oh no, once uh once he's back i mean i would think i would think everything will be okay he's he's not supposed to be out super long time now is he not that i'm aware of no but i mean i mean i mean there's your i mean there's your top goal scorer that's out but you're still managing to score five goals a game i i don't know that i'm where i'm trying to trade a defenseman for a top six forward
1: yeah i don't know maybe at at some point you you look and um you know maybe a team like oh gosh but maybe
0: uh, they just don't want to lose them for nothing right like if if you if you decide hey we can only sign one of these guys and whoever isn't going to sign with us we can't lose them for nothing because we like we want to stay competitive then one of them is going to go i also look forward and i just go man like you've got Brent Burns for one more year you know he's going to be 40 by the end of that deal i you know you're you're not thinking you're bringing him back is uh would you rather have Brent Burns or Brady Shea or Brett Pesci? Like what order are you putting those guys in? Because I might put Brent Burns third on that list.
1: Well, it depends on where you think your window is and you know how much longer he can keep this up. Right. So, um, we know what Brett Burns does. He's, you know, he's got that, just that clapper of a shot from the back and, and he still skates fine, but you know what? I mean, similar to Ovechkin, eventually you got to think he's, he's going to slow down a little bit at some point. Right. So, um, you know, if you're, if your window is, is a little bit more wide open, right. With Svestikov and Ajo signed long-term you think, okay, cool. we we've, we've got a large window here. Um, maybe, you know, moving on from a guy like Brett Burns, because you've got Tony D'Angelo who you can still keep around as your offensive power play guy. Maybe you just look at it and say, well, shoot, I'd rather keep a guy like Brett Pesci around who is, you know, going to be a solid defensive defenseman for at least another, you know, six, seven years, maybe. And, you can get him signed long-term and give him, you know, seven and a half million bucks and let him play defense back there. Cause you know, Brett Burns, game is going to fall off eventually. I mean, sure. or if anything, yeah, you know, in same. two years when he's 40, is he still going to be that guy anymore?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, Carolina doesn't have the same history of LTIRing guys.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I think as far as Carolina goes, uh, they're scoring so many goals at the same time I think it'll be a lot easier for them to go alright we're scoring goals at a ridiculous pace we need to we need to like stop taking so many chances we know we can score goals we need to keep the puck out of our net and I, but here's,
1: I here's think the that's thing, something though, they could do they finished towards the you know they were in the middle of the pack last year as far as goals for so if they get in a situation where Goals start drying up, right? cops not coming back as quickly. Um, you know, if they're anything like last year, I mean, if they can't keep the puck out of the net and they get back to last year where they weren't scoring as many goals, it'll it'll be uh, it could be a long season for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's I I think they're too good. I mean, again, they're yeah, they allowed twenty four goals. They're still second place in their division right now. Uh, they're they're going to be okay, uh, but it is it is maybe not as much of a foregone conclusion that they will win this division. And with the way that I did
1: pick them third.
0: <laughs> y- yes you did. Yes you did. You know what the like the Rangers haven't looked great. The Islanders yeah, well they look like the Islanders. Uh the Devils haven't looked that good. Like a lot of teams have come out kind of flat. Like teams that made the playoffs. Let's like what teams in the are in the bottom half of their division right now. I know it's super early, but you know, you've got Florida Toronto, New York, New Jersey, uh, Winnipeg, and Seattle, Edmonton. That's seven teams. That's almost half the playoff field is out of the playoffs right now to start the season. I know it's way too early, but maybe things are a-changing, Yeah. Maybe that maybe some some things are are swinging more than we more than we think. Now at the same time, hey, it's four games. A lot a lot happens in a four game stretch. Whereas if this was the middle of the season, we wouldn't even give a rip. But it is something to keep an eye out on.
1: Yeah, you can't make your way into the playoffs by Thanksgiving, but you can sure play your way out of the playoffs. Very by true. Thanksgiving.
0: Very true. Tell that to the Florida Panthers and the St. Louis Blues, though. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> true. I'll I'll give you that.
0: But it's uh definitely outside of the the norm, the norm for sure. Right. All right. Well, there are plenty of overreactions. We, uh, we overreacted well and yeah, that's, uh, I'm trying to figure out what is happening here with this recording because, oh, I see weird. Sorry. I, (laughs) I looked at this recording to check how much time was on and I was like, why is nothing moving? And uh, I got scared for a second, but we're good. We're good. All oh, goodness. Good. All is good. Uh, but I did get scared there for a minute. I was like, well, there's an hour of my life. I'll never get back. But no, we're good. It's moving through. Um, well, any uh, any final thoughts, any like small overreactions you want to toss out there before we get out of here?
1: Small overreactions. Oh, maybe maybe you could overreact and say that uh, you know Aiden Hill is going to win the Vesna because you know they, teams tend to you know voters tend to go with the teams that winning the most games. And if he's at the top of the W board to end of the season, man, that that might, might not be too far off. But that's true. Uh, if
0: they finish eighty two and zero, then yeah, they will uh, yeah. definitely win the Vesna.
1: <laughs> but I think that's a little bit of an overreaction right now. So
0: yeah, and Logan Thompson has looked pretty good as well. Uh, I think you'd probably look at it and. I, it's such a weird trophy because you do have you have the uh what's the Jennings, which is the, the best save percentage in the league, right? Like yes. you've got this trophy that's purely based on statistics. And then for some reason we base the Vesna purely based on statistics. Like I don't know about you, but I like I know Linus Olmark was good last year. But he was on like a a classic historical team. That team was was way bigger than Linus Allmark was.
1: Oh, I agree with you. And you I think know there were be better great? goalies last year. You know what would be great this year is if Allmark maybe goes down with an injury, Swayman takes over, and then Swayman wins the best of this year.
0: Ah, there you go. And then Swayman becomes a free agent. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh I'll say uh, Austin Matthews gets 70 goals.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: He's on was he on pace right now for? He's on pace for 120 goals. So So 70 <laughs> hey, isn't just,
1: that far off. I just want to see a 50 and 50 finally.
0: Yes, that would be cool. 50 and 50 and a 93 goal season love it love it all right uh that's our show you can find us on twitter at ot hockey talk we will talk to you all soon have a great
1: weekend